So what you see is that the pursuit to health never becomes the idol. And over here, well, I'm sorry, over here, the pursuit of health never becomes the idol. Over there, the pursuit of health is the idol. That's your God. But that God is a horrible God because it will fail you. Because that, that, that God can't stand the test of time. In time, you will still die. You will still get old. Your body will still break down over time. Whereas over here, man, the ultimate is not perfect health. Because it doesn't exist this side of heaven. The ultimate is honoring God. There's a huge difference there. It, sh it, it, it shapes your pursuit to health. Your pursuit to health. Because it keeps God as the foundation. His truth as the foundation. And on top of that foundation, man, God, what does it look like to honor you with my, with my body? I just don't believe that we were saved to stumble our way through life this side of heaven. I believe that we should respond to his saving grace with life that glorifies him in every way, both the spiritual and the practical. So I got I got a lot going through my head right now. Um, got to have a great conversation before this, and um, was listening to a, a really dope. What was a part of a, a, a podcast by um, Jordan Peterson, and I, I couldn't remember who else. Um, but it just brought a lot of a lot of thoughts uh, to my mind, just kind of reflecting on God's design, you know, and. Something that I've always realized, um, just kind of like as I got older and I'm experiencing new things in life, is, is that it just seems like simple things matter and they carry a lot more weight than society projects, right? Um, and, and I don't know if that is, man, people just... It's a desire for people to be heard, um, pride, ego, uh, a way to stand out maybe. Um, and this is why people make things more complicated uh, than they need to be. But I was listening to uh, this, this podcast with Jordan Peterson and it was talking about, now forgive me if I butcher this word, but the dopaminergic system or the dopaminergic um loop right and i'm just gonna read to you what that system entails and pretty much what it is is the 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 process um of of dopamine right like how this process plays out um in our bodies but i'm just gonna read this really quick it says involved in both the dopaminergic system involved in both psychological and behavioral processes including movement, cognition, executive functions, reward motivation, and neuroendocrine control. Um, and pretty much what was the crux of what was being talked about is how significant and how important the, the, the start and completion of the dopaminergic system or loop is, right? So... If you look at your life, your, your, your life as like this, this 
this great narrative or this great story, right? And it's a series of actions um, that take place or thing, or or a series of things that don't take place, right? You have this overall narrative. If you if you look at the dopaminergic loop, you could see that as the micro narrative, and that's how J Jordan Peterson kind of labels it. He calls it a micro narrative, and that is a small goal that is set, such as like making your bed in the morning. The start and completion of that, which includes the anticipation of it, the action, and the reward. Like all that shows up in the dopaminergic loop or, or system. So the completion from start to finish completes that dopaminergic loop. And that micro narrative is extremely significant because of the way it compounds on itself as an individual. So for example, I make a decision because I never make my bed. Let's just say hypothetically, because this was true at one point, I never make my bed. Um, and one day I make a decision to say, you know what? Like I, I just, I want to become more disciplined. I want to be more organized. Like I'm tired of like just rushing up going to work, I come home, my bed's not made, like, like I, I see that there's some type of issue with that, there's some type of flaw or something that's going on in me that's keeping me from being able to do that, and I want to I correct that, like, I, I, I want to make my bed, you know, I want to have a more orderly house, whatever the case may be, a, cl a cleaner room, right, so I hit up, that's what I'm going to do, so when you make that decision, the night before, there should be a sense of, like, anticipation, because you know that that morning that you wake up, I'm going to make my bed. Then that morning that you wake up, it's the opportunity, it's opportunity to take action, right? So for my, for me, that process is this. I get up before I even put my contacts on. So I'm doing this all half blind. I fold my pillow, I fold my sheets, and then I take my sheets and my pillow and I put it in my closet on a shelf because I have one of those beds, a Murphy bed that goes up on the wall. After I do that, I lift up my Murphy bed, I move the legs in and I put the chain on so that it doesn't it doesn't fall back down that right there is a dopaminergic loop that's been completed right i did from start to finish everything that was required i hit the goal right and what happens from that is a very small amount of dopamine is released right and what that does on a smaller scale is it literally increases energy it increases confidence, but it also increases the neuroplasticity in my brain, right? It increases the neuroplasticity, with, with, which ultimately increases my ability to overall learn, right? So there's just in explaining that, there's great significance in that because we all know how important it is to learn. I hope, I hope we understand that. Like, it's super important to learn, but, but it also allows me to take further actions to take on greater levels of responsibility that I can fit into like my goals or things that I'm trying to accomplish, whether it be as a father, a husband, um, as a, you know, pastor, as a friend, um, or brother, it doesn't matter. Right. But these small, minute things move us forward 
into our ability to create or not create, but accomplish things that require, let's just say, a greater sense of um, responsibility. Now, if you look at that in the, from, from the perspective of like design, like as a Christian, I believe that I was designed by God. What that means is that all of that has purpose and it's not to be looked at as something separate from like who we are in Christ and our relationship with God, right? Like li literally he put those things into motion. We put a name called the dopaminergic loop or system. We created that name dopamine as people, but yet like he designed that system. Like there's, there was intentionality behind designing that system. And, and something that it like, when I, when I reflect on that, like when I think back on God and his design, right? I, I take that what I just learned and now I go back to God and his design and his purpose for us. To me, it says like, man, the small things matter. And I feel like it's like, yo, the small things matter more than we actually think. Like having a, a, a clean home. Like, how often do we think, man, that, that, man that, that matters to God? And we've been designed and structured in a way that there is reward that comes from having the discipline to keep your home clean. Like, how, how often do we, do, we, do we kind of reflect on that? Something like th this topic became a little personal to me um, when, you know, I was going through a difficult season in my life. And you're, you're going to hear this very often, right? But I was going through a difficult season in my life. Because I also think that when we're going through very difficult seasons in our life, we're also hypersensitive to what's happening around us, right? Everything is like super stimulating. Um, and it, it, in those moments, you either like crawl into a ball and die or you begin to thirst for something greater. You begin to thirst for a greater sense of health, right? So you are searching, you're desperate, you're looking, right? So anyways, one of the things that I noticed when I was like in that rough season and emotionally and mentally, there was a lot of like, just like instability. Cleanliness mattered so much to me. Like if I was in an unclean environment, like it was, it was literally paralyzing to my brain. Like I couldn't, it was very hard for me to function and it would just, it, it would cause this like, like added stress. So when I had the ability to control like the, my environment, it became more important. Now, let me make this point before my wife says something different. My wife will argue that, um, I don't clean as much as I should, or, you know, well, if that's the case, if that's how you feel, then how come you didn't do the dishes the other day, right? I came from a very, like, growing up, I lived in, in, you know, a very uh, dirty environment, right? Like, I was dirty, like, like, my room was a mess, me and my brother, like, we had clothes piling up. Um, 
the dishes were always stacked. Now, a lot of this was because like there was a lot of stress in my family. You know, my my dad was working three jobs on welfare. My mom was home with five kids and a dog. Like there was clearly tension within the marriage. And, and, and in those type of settings where like there's no money, there's a lot of tension, there's a lot of strife, you know, there's depression going on. It tends to add to the level of uncleanliness that is happening as well, right? Because things just seem chaotic and chaos can also show up as uncleanliness. So I compare it to that. Like there's rare, where, rare, rare times where I'll look at our, my home currently and be like, oh yeah, this is like, this is a mess. Like we, we don't even really let it get to that point. To my wife though, for her, it's different. It's like, no, this is so messy. And it's, and it's like, well, there's a few things on the counter and there's a few crumbs on the, on, on, on the rug. And that's like a mess to her. So it can be relative. I would agree with that, that it can be relative to the person. But my overall point is that like, I realized that a clean environment had an effect on my mental health. Now, most some people would say, I never saw a correlation to that. I, th that doesn't make any sense. But what you have is a lot of people that are just so used to living in a messy, messy environment that it doesn't even phase them anymore because that's what they're used to. Not knowing that if they stepped outside of that and began to change certain habits and cleaned and made that like a, a, a part of their habit and a discipline, how much it would bring a level of clarity to them, a, a, a degree of peace coming home to a clean house. My wife says it all the time. Like, Jill, you have no idea how much it affects me when I come home after a long, stressful day and like there's dishes in the sink because she hates doing dishes. And that affects her in her mind, her emotional state, right? So I thought of uh, Colossians 3, which honestly is like becoming a staple verse for me. But I just want to read it. Colossians 3 verse 17. It says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And like what that says to me is that there should be nothing that we say or do that's not done without consideration of who our God is. Like absolutely nothing. And when you, when you bring that into the picture, doing everything unto God, then you say to yourself, like, well, it must matter then. It must matter whether I take care of this home that God has given me. Like, it must matter that I not allow my dishes to pile up in the sink and create an unclean environment because I see how it affects my wife. Because now I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking at it now through the lens of God and from, the, from a, a place of gratitude. From a place of gratitude. Because we're doing these things, we should be doing these things, whether we're saying it or doing it, we should be doing these things out of a sense of thanks, right? So that, that now should shape everything that we're doing. But instead, what we do is we create these spaces in our life 
to absolve ourselves of responsibility, personal responsibility, and we say, well, this doesn't matter. Like, or this isn't as important. Or we say, well, if I compare this to this, this is way more important. So therefore, it's okay to neglect this part of my life. And that's like, I think that's, that's a little deceit, deceitful. Like it's us kind of deceiving ourselves because it, it actually matters. Here's an example that I heard that I thought was fired by, uh, by Jordan Peterson. You look at the building of a cathedral and you look at the fact that building that cathedral requires one block at a time. Now, what he was saying is that that one block, piling up each block, is just as significant as the overall objective, and that is the entire cathedral. Because what happens, and now I'm, I'm just kind of adding this part, but what happens is if every third block or every 20th block or every 50th block, you decided that this block is not as important, so I'm not going to stack it in the right way. Or for that matter, I'm just going to skip it. What you have ultimately is an entire structure that is no longer foundationally sound. It's not going to take that much effort for the whole thing to come down, crash, and burn. And that's how it is. Every time we neglect what we consider at the, the simple things or the lesser important things or, you know, um, however you want to categorize it. But usually I term it as just things that we consider simple. I think I think I literally think that this is one of the one of the struggles of the church is having very little dialogue or teaching on the practical, simple things that we experience on a on a daily. Like I wish that I would have known how these simple actions, if I, if I, if I see an important in these simple actions, like very small little goals on a daily basis and how they would compound into my ability to follow through with things that are much more significant. If I would have known how important those things were, I would have taken certain things so much more serious. Now we could argue that. We could argue that in my immaturity and being young, you may not have taken them serious. You, 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 it, it may have taken you another 10 years before you took them serious. Nonetheless, I would have had the awareness. And I would have been able to, when I fall on my face, fall back on truth. So I think, I think just being ed educated in this way counts as something. It's one thing to fall on your face and not know where to go. It's another thing to fall on your face and say, you know what? I've been taught this. Like, I have this knowledge. Let me try this route versus trying this route. That's a, that's, that's a different experience, you know? So I think that that's something that we need to do better as, um, as a body of Christ to, to be able to identify the importance of these simple everyday things that we, we, we do on a, on a daily basis, starting with our homes, with our families. And being able to paint a picture of, of how important they really are to God. They matter because they, every, every action leads to something. 
But if you noticed, um, I'm just going to kind of put this out there. One of my lights just, just went out. So if you see like a different, a different shade, um, oftentimes we think about the action in itself. And when the action itself seems insignificant, like making my bed in the morning, we neglect it because we don't correlate it to other overall ways in which we make decisions or ways in which we follow through. And I think that's a huge lesson in itself that we have to stop looking at actions in their small little box and seeing the big picture. Yes, it is more than just making your bed. It is the willingness to be disciplined over and over and over again against your desire to make your bed because it's easier to just brush your teeth, take a shower, get ready, eat some food and go to work. Why add one more task? But apart from the fact that making your bed creates a cleaner room, right? It's also conditioning self. Conditioning self to, to a greater sense of, 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 of discipline, a greater sense of, of, um, how do I put this? There's something that, that I mentioned a few podcasts ago, and that was the inability to say no to self is bondage. Like, I know that it's probably better if I do this. But it it's, feels better to do this. So therefore, I give in to what I want to do. Instead of saying, you know what? No, I'm not going to do this. I'm actually going to do the, what's better for me overall, even though it's harder, right? And that inability to say no to, to just what you're craving, even though you know it's unhealthy for you, just puts you in a greater sense of bondage. So going back to what I said prior, it's like these small little things like, like, and I'm preaching to myself right now, but these small things like I just ate some food. I could say, I know the right thing to do to make it easier for everyone in the house. If you live with your parents or whether you, li you live with your spouse, the easier thing to do is, you know what? I'm just going to wash this dish right now. I'm going to eat my food. I'm going to, throw the rest in the garbage, whatever's left over, and then I'm going to wash the dish, put it away, dry it off, and put it away. What we don't realize is that every time we, we understand that that is the better thing to do or is the right thing to do or is the more selfless thing to do, and we ignore it and just drop it in the sink and just watch those dishes pile up, we don't realize how that action or inaction is bleeding into other areas of our life that are quote unquote more significant that matter more that's that's the emphasis i'm trying to i'm trying to get here and i believe that god wants us to realize that and understand that and in and in colossians 3 verse 17 where he's highlighting to do everything whether you say it or you're doing it do everything unto god with an attitude of thanks Because ultimately, ultimately, 
everything it belongs to God, right? This body belongs to God. He is the creator designer. So do everything unto him. He's trying to get us to become aware of how all of our actions, they matter. Just like all of our words, the things that we say, they actually matter. They carry some significant weight to them. But anytime we start to live as if this doesn't matter, that doesn't matter, or I could just flippantly say this, I could flippantly do this, or I can vice versa not do this or not do that. Man, it's just, it's, it's, it's building, it's building a snowball of, of setback and a snowball of shortcomings. And God's word is trying to keep us from, from falling into that cycle. But thank God for grace. I'll give an example. I'll give an example. So my contacts, I have contacts. Y'all know I'm legally blind. And I've been told since I was 12 years old, Gio, you need to take better care of your contacts. You only have two eyes. You keep playing around. You're going to, you, you, you could do permanent damage to your eyes and your eyesight. Um, and literally for the past 20 years, maybe. I neglected taking care of my, my, my eyesight, right? I, I, I would sleep in my contacts for months until they would get dried out and then I needed a new pair. If my contact fell out during practice, wrestling practice, I would put it in my mouth and then put it back in my eye with all kinds of bacteria and stuff like that. Well, this year, this year, and I, be, I believe it was like earlier this, not this year, because we're in 2023, so 2022, like mid-2022 or maybe a little bit before that, I ended up, I woke up and I had a white spot on my eye and I thought it was something that would come off. So I touched it and it was like extremely painful. Lo and behold, I found out that I, I got an ulcer that was growing in my right eye. And I went to the doctor and the doctor said, if that ulcer would have grown just a few centimeters over, which would have been in my pupil, I would have permanently lost sight in my eye. And that was like a huge wake-up call for me because, I mean, honestly, someone who's legally blind who already struggles to see, like, th that's like a huge fear. It's like completely losing sight. So point of saying all that is like, thank God for grace. It took me 20-something years to realize that I need to take better care of my eyes. And I think that's the same type of grace that God gives us when we are trying to overcome certain challenges and grow in certain areas and it just seems like our, our growth has been stunted i've learned now never to look at these shortcomings or these adversities as sorry that's my son in the background these adversities as a sense of punishment as much as it's an opportunity for me to grow and and mature and wisen up so that i can live a more abundant, healthy, vibrant life, right? That was something that, that I needed to learn. I needed to experience that. And now I have that discipline. I haven't gone, since then, I haven't gone a single night sleeping in my context. And believe it or not, looking back, the level of confidence that that act of discipline and, and, and keeping it as a discipline has given me has in affected now in a positive way a lot of other areas of my life I, I constantly when I'm learning something new or I'm trying to figure something out I, I constantly go back to the fact that man like 
I went 20 years without being disciplined about my contacts, taking them out. Now I'm doing it every single day, something that I didn't think I would ever do. And now I'm doing it. So it just kind of adds to that level of confidence. You were going to say something? Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about like the cathedral in terms of like, uh, that and the holistic piece. So it's like, it seems as what you're saying, every, everything that you do, especially with a gratitude towards God builds upon each other. And so if that is true, then, um, every action, um, is technically a reaction to your future self. Um, and so with all that being said, it's kind of like, do you also kind of agree, even with your last example, that your body keeps score over every decision that you make? Can you say that last part again? You... Uh, would you say that your body keeps score over every decision that you make? Well, that's a, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I've never heard that before. Your body keeps score. Um, yes, I would agree with that. Like your body keeps score. You said over every action that you make. Yeah. 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 I would agree with that apart from grace, apart from grace, God's grace. I would agree that your body definitely keeps score. Um, and I think the best analogy I could give of that is what happens when you eat too many sugary foods or too many unprocessed um, carbs. You begin to build excess fat um, on your body. And it's your body's way of saying or sounding an alarm like, hey, what you're doing to me, this body uh, is not good. Like it's not helpful. It's actually hurting. And here's the sign, excess fat um, or, or diabetes, you know, um, or a bunch of acne. I showed you guys my back in one of the other videos I did because that literally that was a result of, of just eating sugar. And at the point that I'm at now, like I can tell now, like when I've had too much sugar, you know, or processed sugar in my diet, because I, I immediately start to break out. And I was told growing up, oh, you know, it's your hormones. Well, what happened when my hormones stop pumping like they were during the time of puberty? Now I'm an adult and you're telling me, oh, it's still my hormones. Like, no, it's what I'm eating. It's what I'm putting in my body. So yeah, your body for sure keeps score of, of the actions that you do on a consistent basis. Um, yeah, that's good. Did I answer that or? No, you did. Um, but it also makes me think like, uh, especially your first part, you said apart from grace. Yeah. So it's, it's almost as if like, uh, even the change in terms of like the switch, the transformation, that kind of like instant, like go, going from who you were before into who you need to become or who you, the, the discipline that you need to create needs to happen through being saved. And kind of like apart from that, you can try, but it's just not. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up because that is, that is an important aspect of, of this podcast and just something that God has shown me is that the whole point of, of save talk, this, 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 this platform is to become aware of 
not not just the fact that it that that it's God that that li- that saved me literally beyond just the words on the page that God saved me right, but how I should respond and that respond that that response I should say excuse me should look like a pursuit to greater health overall, and it should come from a place of gratitude. So I'll give an example right. There's been a huge health kick happening for the past few years, right? On social media, everyone's becoming more aware that mental health, physical health, and all the implications of what you eat and all the, 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 the holes that we found in the medical field and the way that they're treating us, you know. Um, so now people are like becoming hypersensitive, hyper aware to living a healthier lifestyle, right? But what happens when you have that and you don't have God? So I'll give you two examples. You have, you, have, you have one person that is striving for health. They, 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 they want to be more physically fit. They want to, to um, live longer. Um, they want to mentally just be more stable, have more clarity, you know. But ultimately, they have reasons why they want these things. And oftentimes it's like, man, I, I, I want to enjoy this life more. I, I want to be able to work harder so I can make more money um, and experience the things that I can get with that money and blah, blah, blah. And, and I, don't think, I don't think those things are wrong because I have some of the same desires. Um, but on the other hand, you have someone now that is pursuing a greater sense of health from a place of gratitude because they've been saved. Because this life, they don't constitute as their own because it's been paid with a price, Christ dying for us, right? Because they know that they're made in the image and likeness of God and they are a billboard for other people that observe their life and how they live and what they do, right? So, so for one person, you, pers- you are chasing and pursuing after this sense of health, right? But it's purely for the sake of self. Well, guess what? Eventually, you hit a dead end. Because what you realize is that all the work you put in will not change the fact that in time, you are dying to a greater and greater degree. Right? So I don't care how hard you're working out. Eventually, your body will become decrepit and broken down and you won't be able to do things the same you won't look the same i don't care how much surgery you get you won't look the same you won't be as you know physically appealing to people you know your money will count as less and less and less right as health begins to deteriorate whereas the other person the, the 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 foundation of why he or she pursues health is out of thanks and gratitude and to honor God. So what you see is that the pursuit to health never becomes the idol. And over here, well, I'm sorry, over here, the pursuit to health never becomes the idol. Over there, the pursuit to health is the idol. That's your God. But that God is a horrible God because it will fail you. Because that, that, that God can't stand the test of time. In time, you will still die. You will still get old. Your body will still break down over time. 
Whereas over here, man, the ultimate is not perfect health. Because it doesn't exist this side of heaven. The ultimate is honoring God. There's a huge difference there. It, sh it, it, it shapes your pursuit to health. Your pursuit to health. Because it keeps God as the foundation. His truth as the foundation. And on top of that foundation, man, God, what does it look like to honor you with my, with my body? So I, 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 try to eat, I try to eat clean. I eat healthy. I don't want to neglect my body or my mind because of the horrible substances that I'm putting in my body. I do it because I want to be in good health for the sake of my wife and the relationship that I'm in. I do it because I know that if my body is unhealthy, then my ability to please my wife sexually is going to be impaired. It's going to be affected. I see these are the, these are the type of things that we, we, we kind of like, I don't know, do we look over them? Do we ignore them? You know what I'm saying? Like, we get, we get conditioned to live in this kind of like broken down life. And, and like the only thing that we, 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 we bank any type of weight on is the fact that, oh, well, it's, things are going to get better when I go to heaven. Yo, I, I do not conform to that type of way of thinking whatsoever. Like if I'm, if I'm in a relationship, I want to get the fullest out of my marriage. I want to get the fullest out of my marriage. I want my wife and I to have an abundance of energy. I want us to be able to have an abundance of clarity. I want us to have an amazing sex life. Not just, okay, not just, oh yeah, we do it. But I want it to be something that we both look towards. We both have anticipation for. And we're both functioning optimally. So that the experience, the gift that God gave us is felt. It's experienced. But we, we actually, we actually lessen these experiences by decisions, decisions that we make, decisions that we consider micro, unimportant, simple, all for, for, for this quick sense of, or instant gratification is selfish reasons. You realize that as you become more selfless, the more benefits you in the long run and everyone else around you, you know. So um, I went on a little tangent with that. I almost forgot the question that you presented. But yeah, man, seeing it from the lens of I've been saved and therefore I respond by pursuing health the right way. I, I respond by pursuing health because of gratitude, because God, I'm thankful for this life that you've given me. It's completely different. It changes the experience. Changes the experience, guys. And the, and the sooner that we, we, we understand that, I honestly believe there are certain pressures and even a sense of bondage you place on yourself every time you fail or fall short. I think you become free from a lot of those things. I think it's very freeing to pursue health holistically when it's from a place of gratitude and, and not, and instead of 
I'm trying to meet someone else's expectations or I'm trying to meet my own expectations. I'm doing this because God loves me. I'm doing this because God graciously gave to me. Hopefully that makes sense. Appreciate you all. Catch you on the next one.